Frankie. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. This is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. And this is our five-year anniversary live show, Colin Extravaganza. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm Angel. And I'm Brandon. <laughs> and we're husbands, but we are in separate rooms of our house because we didn't want to get feedback from each other's mics today. Exactly, exactly. And this is our first time doing this. We kind of have no idea what we're doing. We appreciate some people actually popping into the room and saying hello. Um, thank you for the, ha I'm seeing happy anniversary messages. We've got Conrad here all the way from South Africa, which is amazing. Thank you for wishing us a happy five-year anniversary of the podcast. It's hard to believe we've been doing it for that long. Unbelievable. So what I think we'll do is we'll do like a little check-in the way we usually do. And then we'll just kind of open it up to questions, stories, anything you want to share with us. Angel's got some tarot cards with him. I've got some tarot cards with me. We can chat astrology, and we'll just see where this wants to go. Yeah, we can chat, chat housewives, drag race, aliens, ghost know. stories. Yeah, let's try and spiritual stay away from awakenings. Politics. No, we won't talk politics. <laughs> but Unless we can it's the talk politics religion. of dancing. Oh, okay, I like that. Um, and we are allowing for call-ins, so yeah, please feel free to um, call in. Um, How do people call in, Angel? Well, I believe there is like just a little call-in option, like a little phone thing that you can push, and it's like you're calling in um, to join us. Um, but I can also invite you as a speaker as well. So you can also just type into the chat that you have a question and we can do it that way. Um, but yeah, why don't we first just like start by checking in. Why don't you kick us off, my love? Well, it's hard to check in about anything except my excitement because we are going to see Janet Jackson at the Hollywood Bowl tonight. And I have hey. never seen Janet Jackson live. So while I am anxious about parking, I am more excited about seeing her. <laughs> Uh, the parking will be fine. It will figure itself out. And I have to say, two of my like most favorite music moments happened last year when we were at the Hollywood Bowl, and we saw Stevie Nicks, which was unbelievable, yeah. and we saw Florence from Florence and the Machine. So I'm just excited to be back at this point in the year when we get to go to the Hollywood Bowl. Um, so that's that's part of my check-in. Mm -hmm. Um. I guess the other part of my check-in, which sounds kind of like a downer, but I don't mean it to be, is that last weekend we went down to San Diego to participate in what's called an unveiling. And that's mm -hmm. where you um, literally see the gravestone uh, for the first time. So this was for my mom who passed away almost a year ago, which is hard to believe. Yeah. And it was actually a really beautiful moment. Uh, her friend, Candace. Her friend Candace released um, like a bunch of butterflies, which actually worked like they were not dead, which was good. Um, and as we were driving to the cemetery, because it was like a hard day, I was super keyed up. Um, I just said out loud in the car, like, Mom, I really need you to be here. 
and I really need you to make us laugh today. Like that's mm-hmm. really important. And my mom did not disappoint y'all because what made me laugh so hard was that there were multiple typos on her headstone. And some of you might be like horrified, but that is so my mom's sense of humor. And I only found it funny. And it's a very large headstone. Like there's literally basically like a whole obituary written on it. So there's a lot of text. So it's not like her name is misspelled. But like some very obvious words that are spelled wrong, like the word cancer is spelled C-A-N-S-E-R. The word jewelry is spelled wrong. So I actually found that to be very funny. There's a sentence that says she lit up a room and it says she lit up up a room. (laughs) So uh, so that was. um, It was a wild it was a wild experience (laughs) to say the least to say the least. So I guess that's my little that's my little check in. That's where that's where I'm at right now. Janet Jackson and typos on my mom's headstone. Yeah. Well, I was just glad that we didn't have like an Asia O'Hara moment. If anyone knows Ray Grace and remembers the dreaded butterfly release that occurred on a finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. But um, you know what I think happened? I think Mm. that I so when they ship you those butterflies, which I don't recommend, like we should not be doing this to poor butterflies. They like freeze them. So like their nervous system slows down so they can like be sent or whatever. So they like thaw. So when they're released, and we saw this with the butterflies on Sunday too, they're kind of like sleepy. Like they don't quite have the ability to fly yet. And I feel like that's what happened with Asia O'Hara. Like they weren't dead actually. They just, um, they were still partially frozen and sleepy. And so they like fell to the floor and then they probably ended up flying. From your lips, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I will wish those butterflies well. I hope they had a good life in the Belasco Theater or wherever they film it. But yeah, Shawnee says, who could forget? I mean, who could forget? It was like a real moment of shock and awe. It really was. So yeah. But, you know, these things happen. Um, Well... For me, honestly, I just cannot believe that we have been doing this podcast for five years. I know. I can't That's either. so wild to me. Um, I remember when we started this and it was a, just kind of like a fun idea for us to do and something that we, you know, didn't really anticipate going. Uh, beyond our small little world of people yeah and it's like connected us to so many people now that that we would have never known in different parts of the world it's just like so cool you know what's amazing is that when we first started this five years ago we were kind of still in the closet in terms of our own spirituality astrology Mm -hmm. and tarot and animist practice wasn't necessarily threaded through all the corners of our life. And in doing this show, it's allowed us to infuse every aspect of our life with the spiritual. And it's connected us with people who feel the same way. Totally. Which is so amazing. It's been truly 
the impetus for our community and connecting us to people, like you said, that we wouldn't have otherwise known with this shared language. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really grateful for it. Because it's, yeah, it can feel like so lonely, right? When you um, are engaging in like any sort of like spiritual relationship with the world. Um, it can feel a little crazy. It can feel a little um, aimless at times. Well, and you can and also feel judged. It's hard totally to know thoroughly with whom it is safe to reveal these things. Yeah. And I feel less this way now because I just like don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. But there was a time not so long ago when even certain friends of mine who I knew like weren't into astrology, I would feel nervous like referencing astrology in my life. And now I'm like, well, this is just part of the language of how I speak. And it's actually allowed people that maybe were a little skeptical to come on in. Right. So there you go. There you have it. Should we do a little cosmic update? Should we just like talk a little bit about the astrology of the moment? Because it is pretty interesting. And then we can see if people have questions. We can take some calls. We can pull some cards. Sure. All right. So let's do a little cosmic, cosmic update. update. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow's a pretty big day, babies. Tomorrow, Pluto moves back into Aquarius. Tomorrow, Mercury moves into Gemini. And those two planets actually make a trine to each other. It's like they're, uh, they're high-fiving as they move, as Pluto moves backwards and Mercury moves forwards. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's worth talking about just because Pluto is a planet of intensity and it's the slowest moving planet in our solar system. And so we've gotten really used to Pluto and Capricorn because it was there for over two decades. And when it moved into Aquarius, it gave us this sort of like teaser trailer of what to expect in terms of themes for the next 20 years. And so Aquarius, because it rules technology, it certainly rules AI, uh, it rules aliens, but it also rules our interconnectedness because Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian. And so I think it is just like really interesting what's been coming up in these last few months since, was it March when it first moved into Aquarius? I believe so, yeah. And and as of tomorrow, it's going to move back into Capricorn for the rest of the year. And so some of the things that it's unpacked uh, we'll maybe settle for a bit so that we can clean up those last degrees of Capricorn before we return to everything that's starting to open up. So mm -hmm. uh, I know that there's actually been like, you know, AI for sure. We were actually out at dinner last night with some friends. Oh, yeah. And they told us this really interesting story about how their uncle was scammed because they got a call. Their uncle, we'll just call it, we'll call him Uncle Earl. Uh, got a call from their son and a lawyer who was like, your son's been in jail and in order to get your son out of jail, it's going to need to be like $25,000 in cash. And his son's voice was there. Like he was talking to his son. And what ended up happening was that it was not his son. They had gotten his son's voice and then used AI 
to create this like scam conversation and he ended up getting scammed twenty five thousand dollars and i know that this is a scam that's been going on a long time like a couple years ago my grandparents got a call from somebody claiming to be me who had been in a car accident and like needed money but my grandparents were like you don't sound like you and the person who was pretending to be me said oh i broke my nose so that's why i don't sound like myself but they actually were smart enough to realize well they called me and i picked up and they were like oh, okay we're being scammed so they didn't give oh, i totally remember that now yeah I'd forgotten no okay so this is very interesting because in the chat somebody said we're gonna have family safe words mm-hmm. and angel and i came up with a safe word so that we always know we're talking to each other yep but that's crazy that that's something that we have to even think about it feels very pluto and aquarius yeah, we won't reveal our safe word here on air. No, we can't, or else the AI is going to get it. In fact, we should probably come up with another safe word because we said it around our phones, and for all we know, they were listening. Oh, dear God. Um, but it is wild to think, yeah, that, that someone can just, like, take the barest amount of your words and create an entire dialogue and, like, an active dialogue, which is crazy to me. Like, it's one thing to, like, you know, have an AI Rihanna sing, you know, Beyonce's Sweet Dreams, but it's like another thing to like literally be like talking to someone. I bring that up because I did hear Rihanna's AI cover of Sweet Dreams. It was really quite good. Oh, it I wasn't her. This. <laughs> it's not her. Uh, Shawnee Mims, our resident housewives historian, had a really good suggestion here, which is to write it down and then burn it after reading. Oh, okay. It's like those really challenging choose, you know, like passwords that they give you. Yeah. If you want them online. I never accept them. No, there's it's too much. It's too much. Um so All yeah, right, so that's Pluto, Pluto yeah. and Aquarius. <laughs> Interesting. But now we're back in Pluto Capricorn days. Well, we will which, be come tomorrow. You'll wake yeah. up tomorrow and Pluto will be back in Capricorn. Yeah, and you'll suddenly be like, What the fuck just happened? Is it going to feel like waking up from some weird dream you've been having and being like, oh, now I can step foot on land again? Yeah, and it will take you back to where you might have been like the first three months of the year because that's the same degrees of Capricorn that Pluto's traversing. So you might Mm -hmm. find that there's like a revisiting of those themes or... Uh, you know, a, a trick that Angel and I always use is just like look at the photos in your phone that was happening around that time and it'll kind of oh, remind yeah. you what your headspace and your heart space was. Yeah. And then the other thing that happens is Mercury moving into Gemini. So we are in Gemini season. It's been happening. We're about two thirds of the way through. But when Mercury moves into Gemini, Mercury enters into their home sign. And essentially, all of the planets will start answering to Mercury in Gemini because Mercury is going to have the power. And so I think it's going to give this last act of Gemini season uh, a much needed boost of mental prowess. I think we'll be able to communicate a little bit better. We'll be Mm -hmm. able to maybe see the big picture where we want to go and hopefully just like have some more fun. Uh, Because, you know, Mercury and Taurus, which is where they've been, as the producer of Gemini season can be a little slower, can be a little bit more positional. Um, You know, Mercury, Mercury and Taurus can, can be a little stubborn in their thinking, but Mercury and Gemini is able to see things from all sides and it has a curiosity. Yeah. She's quick. Yeah. She is quick. Probably would have been good to do this tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) 
as if we're languishing in this discussion yeah, exactly no it's good you know i have a jupiter in taurus and the last degree of taurus so doesn't that mean mercury is probably conjuncting that today yeah actually that's true so this is great for me good i'm so glad <laughs> how nice to be you i hope it's working for everybody else um you know but if it's not, I apologize. Is it working for everybody else? I just. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just realized we can do this. I think this is a long sound cue. Just let it play oh, out. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it just like goes on forever. Whew. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that was exhausting. <laughs> Wow, officially entered just like our, <laughs> my cheesy radio host era, which is where I've always wanted to be. So, you know, um, I hope it's not, we haven't lost people after that. No, um, we've got the same three listeners from the beginning. <laughs> well, that's great. They haven't left. Um, uh, what else? Is there anything else astrologically speaking? I mean, there's a lot, yeah, to come. Um, just even, I feel like in the next couple of weeks, but. Well, I think it's interesting that we've got Venus and Mars co-present in Leo. Mm -hmm. So that'll be happening for a while. And Venus is going to spend a really long time in Leo because she'll have her retrograde there later on this summer. But I do think that having planets in Leo also adds a playfulness and it can also bring in like passion and drama, but it also brings charisma. And so especially when like those two planets are together in Leo, you might find that even if you're not the sort of person that wants to be the star of the show, there are moments where you find that maybe you do want to exert your presence a little bit more. And I think that's that's important because our authenticity is supposed to be seen and experienced. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if you're somebody that is already asserting your authenticity pretty regularly, you might find that like people are a little sick of you during this time because you're just going to like, you know, be adding gas to, to an already flaming fire. Right. Well, very on brand. Yeah, for sure. Doing that. But I'm hoping that with this infusion of like Leo and Gemini energy, and we are going to have Venus in Leo forever until October. Yeah. Um, even though it will have a retrograde moment, I feel like it still is in Leo, which I mean, ideally lends itself to a good, you know, June, July, August, September of fun. That's my hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, the world we live in isn't entirely fun at the moment in general. So I'm hoping that we can all find ways to make our own lives fun in the best way that we can. Yeah. Well, I think when shit gets really tough, fun is more important than ever because it reminds you what you're fighting for. Yeah, completely. I can tell you, like, as somebody who is juggling two different griefs simultaneously, that fun has kind of become my number one priority. Mm -hmm. And wherever I can even imagine myself like just squeezing out a drop of fun from a certain situation or opportunity, I'm definitely prioritizing making myself available to that. Right, right. No, I think that's good. Um, yeah, it's so important. 
right? To just like have fun, to invite more play, more creativity in. I know I need that for myself. Um, I had like a, a really hard time sleeping last night. And uh, I normally just like toss and turn and toil over it, but I actually just decided to like go right at like three in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and that even felt like, all right, let me like use some creativity to like just process this moment for myself, you know? Yeah. Which I don't normally like move to my creativity to do that. Creativity feels like work a lot of the time, but I didn't have that with this. I'm definitely one of those like most creative after like 1130 at night sort of people. Right. I don't often allow that, but even two nights ago, actually, I like just kind of had a flash of what to write for the newsletter and I wrote it at like one thirty in the morning. Oh, all that stuff about Pluto. If you get our newsletter, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there's just something about nighttime for me where there's just less of my monkey mind involved and I'm able just to like receive the transmissions a little bit more freely. Right. And I don't know, maybe there's something about like just when it is dark and like the world is kind of obscured, it's easier to like create and be engaged with your own imagination because you're creating the world around you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need like creative office hours at night, like after dinner, <laughs> instead of like watching TV, we should go be creative and we can watch our TV during the day. Sure. I love a good daytime viewing of things. Um, Let's play Conrad play. wanted to know our thoughts on the robbery last week on Drag Race España. Should we do a little dose of reality here and just chat about sure, that? Sure, sure. But I also just kind of, you know, before we transition, that, um, I wanted to, um, Conrad also just gave like a beautiful share here. I just wanted to um, also share because it's in the chat. But just, you know, let us know that, um, that they started listening to us in 2019. Um, right before flying to Sao Paulo to meet my now husband for the first time. It was the Tracy McMillan episode. Mm. One of our top five episodes of all time, at least listener wise. I don't Is it? Know. Oh, wow. Yeah, still to this day. Um, and, a, and a fantastic discussion about relationships if you've never listened to it. Wasn't it back. raining when she showed up to our little house and she was <laughs> yeah. like all windswept and it was just like this very magical moment? Yeah, it was very magical. Um, but yeah, Conrad saying being from different countries, we spent a couple of stints living apart over the years through a visa journey. The show was something we both listened to while apart and we could come back to and bond over. It made oh. them closer and here they are today. Um, always appreciated your vulnerability and found community here during the stress of lockdown. Nothing but love for you. Thank you so much, Conrad, for Conrad, sharing Conrad, we love you. That's amazing. That's so sweet and so glad that we were able to, like, you know, offer some bonding for you and your now hubby. Um, that's what we're here to do, you all. You know, the spiritual gaze, just trying to bring, pe bring people together. You know, Just trying to promote queer love. Yeah, just trying, you know to call the children forth towards their love fantasies. Um, but honestly, like, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, 
you know, yeah, if anyone else, please feel free to share any love notes to us in the chat here and I'll share them with the listeners. <laughs> I love a love note. Uh, but yes, now our thoughts on the robbery last week on Drag Race España. Do you want to start? Do you want to no, you go for it. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious to know where you stand on this. Well, we're talking about, um, sorry, just to help me uh, place myself there. I'm trying to remember like who. It was a very strange challenge. We didn't understand it uh, because yeah, we didn't know what that remember. show was. Remember it was like that game show. It was like, oh, yes. like Uno Dos Drag. <laughs> Uno-dos drag. Totally. Oh, one sec. There we go. Um, yes, Uno-dos drag. So funny and random. Yeah, didn't quite understand it. Um, I think I was still reeling from the week before's double elimination um, just because that was so shocking, not because um, I was mad that they left per se though i actually was really sad to see paquita go because i love paquita um i didn't i wasn't a huge fan of of uh pink chadora no i um, wasn't either <laughs> uh but yeah it was a really it, it was a challenging episode uh for me an american to fully follow i would agree to that i honestly like full disclosure i think i kind of fell asleep at the end of this episode <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't and even remember who I went. Oop. And I oop. Who went home? That's so funny. Was it Bestia? It was Bestia. Which was a bummer because I well, wanted her to go all the way. Is the robbery that I yeah. think um, Conrad yeah. is. You know what, Conrad? Conrad, if the two of us are like, who, what? Happened? I know. We should go back and watch the like last 10 minutes. Here's of that the tea. Here's the tea. Those episodes are two hours long and we start them at like 9.30 at night. So that's yeah. on us. Yeah, but here's the tea. For me, there are there is a top three in my for my world. Uh -huh. It's Ornella. Of course. It's Pitita. Yes. And it's Vanya. Those are my top three. Bestia was definitely like my incredibly close fourth and at times like jockeyed between her and, and Vanya for sure um so creative like so amazing uh but yeah that was kind of like where i stand with it yeah no i agree um, so in a way i was upset but i'm curious conrad who were you who like, should have gone home did you think yeah i'd be curious to know who you thought Wonder if Pikita and Bestia are being saved for all stars later this oh, year. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I know. They would be I great for that. Love that they're doing a Drag Race España all stars. Like, what a dream come true. I cannot, cannot wait. And I would love to see them both on it. I just want to make sure Poopy Poison's on it. And I want to make sure that uh, the crazy Samantha Ballantyne's. Oh, there. Samantha Ballantyne, gone too soon. Gone too soon. Yeah. That's really what I care about. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's really like between Ornella Gongora and Petita. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I love, I love Anya, but, and she does seem like she's very funny and like has a great stage presence, but I don't know if it fully translates to television. 
<laughs> right. But a sweetheart. Oh, a sweetheart. a sweetheart. Nonetheless. And when we go to Spain, like, I would totally want to see her show. And I also want to see Las Gran Hotel de los Reinas. I clearly. know. Well, we'll have to plan our next Spain trip around its tour. <laughs> when it's happening. <laughs> we'll, we will not understand anything that's happening on that stage, but we will just be thrilled to be there. Oh, completely. Won't know what's happening. Um, and, oh, Conrad's saying that the hobbies might not do all-stars. That would be a disappointment because they seem yeah. like they seem like part of the drag race family. But as long, honestly, as long as Supreme is there and um, Anna. Anna locking, I'm okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to see who they would like replace them with. Um, but like Anna's my dream. I yeah. live for her so much. I do too. She seems she, like so much fun. She is the Michelle, Michelle Visage every other franchise deserves. She is the like Glinda the Good Witch to Michelle Visage's Wicked Witch of the West. She is the sister I never had. She's the mother. The mother <laughs> I always wanted. <laughs> the best friend. The thing that Anna Locking does so well is that she is so heart connected. Like she genuinely loves all of those queens. She wants them to do well. She's so like moved and impressed by them. And she also will give criticism, but she does it in a way that's loving. Yeah. Whereas everything Michelle Visage does, like even when she's giving a compliment, feels tinged with hatred. <laughs> like nasty. it's just always nasty. I know. Look, she's been doing it a long time. Um, speaking of, so that's Drag Race España. If you don't watch please, you know, do yourself a favor. It's $4.99 for a month of World of Wonder. Uh, the season's almost over. So you could do it now. And then you have a month to watch the all the season leading up to the finale that will be coming up in the next probably two weeks. Um, and you can at least watch season three. Um, but season one and two are both fabulous um i want to transition robbie uh, uh robbie shawnee saying robbery on espana and self-sacrifice on the all-stars sad week all around full disclosure we did not watch last night's drag race all-stars yet um because we were out to dinner um so we're not fully caught so up so don't spoil it for us although apparently angel already knows the spoiler but i don't yeah because i have a twitter habit um but uh but the self-sacrifice occurred last week um so uh hopefully that's not a uh, spoiler alert for anyone but yeah we lost our dear heidi and closet um who just decided to remove herself from the game she followed in the footsteps of adore delano and ben de la creme and i don't i don't hate her for it i'm sad because she was one of the queens who actually stood a chance of winning, in my opinion. But very sad to see her go. Like, the most funny, the most entertaining. Yeah. I also just think it, like, the bottom has now dropped out of the competition because at Literally, least with she Heidi. showed us <laughs> that she was a strong bottom. Very strong mini bottom. Challenge. No, but I mean, like, it's it's just it's just gonna go to Jimbo now, you know. Like Jimbo and Heidi were at least able to compete with each other, maybe. And I would love for like Jessica Wilde to like become a front runner. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and I love me some La La Ree, but I just don't think 
she has what it takes to win. So now I'm just like, are we just going to watch this? So it was like with Top Chef. It was just like, we all knew fucking Buddha was going to win and then Buddha won and like, who cares, you know? So I'm kind of like, are we just, and I like, I like Jimbo. At least Jimbo's more entertaining than Buddha was if you watch Top Chef. But <laughs> I like to watch a competition show because I don't know what's going to happen. And now I feel like I know what's going to happen. Yeah. No, I get that feeling for sure. Um, oh, you just oh no, I just spoiled Top Chef. <laughs> you should have spoiler alerted. My God. Sorry, everyone. Spoiler alert. Uh, geez, Louise. Yes, there is lots of Buddha shade. There was actually a great Vulture article that talked about how Buddha was like the downfall of Top Chef, the whole franchise. <laughs> it's really worth a read. It's crazy. That's it's like correct. a round table that these people have um, about it, but um, a majority of them share that. And there's some really interesting points to it, which I don't want to go into because we've already ruined Top Chef for Shawnee um well at this point you might as well i mean we already we already ruined it uh, no just saying that you know we're we've entered but i think this is just generally speaking for just reality competition shows and um that you know we've entered an era where there you just said uh salita in the chat mentioned him being a super fan and that it's just the idea of people who are like really aware of the show and its inner workings and what appeases the judges you see it on drag race too you know like you see people it playing on the housewives oh you very much see it on the housewives we're gonna go there next just for okay. the hell of it because we're in this space but we are gonna also take calls so please <laughs> of course we will pull tarot cards for you if you'd like or, you know talk about your astrology but we are just you know in this space um but uh but yeah, you see it with the housewives for sure as they're like sucking up to Andy Cohen, though that like really does you no good because he's not really the decision maker at the end of the day. Um, though I guess it was his his idea to split Real Housewives of New York into two and that happened. So who knows? Maybe they, maybe he has more power. But um, But yeah, you see contestants now in shows sucking up to the hosts, knowing the inner workings, really like preparing themselves for it. And so they were just saying how Buddha was a good example of that on Top Chef because he really kind of came in knowing it, referencing it. Um, and it just kind of felt like we had lost the days of where, you know, we were just like pulling in these like up and coming chefs who had a really strong point of view and we're having to, in the moment, learn how to, you know, articulate their style of food through these challenges. Yeah, like um, if if you were able to engage spontaneously with the challenge, you might do better. Whereas Buddha just came in as like a really good student, but like just because you can ace the test doesn't necessarily mean that you can practice it out in the real world. Well, I mean, I he obviously can because he's successful in the real world. But yeah, it's the idea of like being like, yeah, more of a technician, I guess. Like I really wanted because like one of his dishes was like built around lobster. And there was a moment where like maybe he wasn't going to be able to find lobster and he was going to have to innovate in the moment. And I really wanted to see if he would be able to do that because he came in with all of these recipes and all of these molds and everything ready to go. And I was like, well, the real test of like a great chef is if you're able to improvise. But he didn't have to improvise because he found the damn lobster and I was so upset. <laughs> Um, it's so. like in Drag Race where, you know, if you have a ton of money, 
you can have the best outfits and the best wigs, but if you're not able to engage in some of those challenges spontaneously, we're never even going to see all the money you spent. Like if you can't be on the fly in Snatch Game, then you're not going to make it, you know? Mm -hmm. So so there's the preparation, which is important, but then there's, you know, just the ability to to improvise. So Right, yeah. Um, and Selena just sharing, you know, liking to see behind the veil. And yeah, there is an element of that that I like. And that's really relevant, I think, on the housewives more and more these days. You're seeing oh, yeah. much more of a breaking of the fourth wall, which I think is really interesting. Well, it has to happen because if it's real, they're like when the houses first started, the housewives wasn't wasn't a thing. It wasn't like the perfume in the room but now housewives is such a major celebrity maker uh -huh. and there's so many franchises that you have to be able to address like what's actually happening you exactly know? Yeah. which is that all of a sudden these women are getting these huge platforms and they're becoming visible in ways that they were never visible before right and that changes everything yeah yeah but it was interesting i feel like in the past they always tried to like pretend like you know the reality outside of the show didn't exist. Right. Know? And now you like can't help but to. Now yeah. you're constantly referencing. Well, even with Jersey, like did you watch the show before you came on the show? And people are like, oh, I was a huge fan of the show. And you're like, okay, well, so you studied the show. And so now you think you know how to how to play the game of Housewives. Totally. And nobody plays it better than Tamra Judge. <laughs> It's very true. She kind of, well, because she kind of created the game. Yes, from the Real Housewives of Orange County. Which just returned for its, what is this? It's like 16th it's season? 700th, 756th <laughs> season. It started off with a bang. It started yeah. off with a bang as far as I was concerned. Oh, yeah. It was such a blast. Wait, Shawnee's screaming, that's my opinion. What is what is your opinion? Well, that's that's a famous Tamara quote. Oh, that's my opinion. Yeah, that was yeah, what that started screamed. it all. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I had that uh, sound cue here. I would play it. I won't play any more sound cues. I Please promise. don't. Thank you. Spare <laughs> us that. <laughs> so stupid. Ah, um, yeah, I think uh, Tamara like, knows what she's doing. She is in the game, but she too like knows how to work Andy Cohen. She like knows how to game the system. She isn't afraid, but then it's interesting, right? Cause then you find yourself at a point where like, maybe you've like oversaturated yourself in how you think it works. A la a Teresa from New Jersey, who I think is now like in just a massive house of cards. Like she's literally in the like last season of succession. Like just falling. Well, apart. it's fun to watch, honestly, because Teresa has been like a big bully. Everyone's been afraid of her for 735 seasons. Mm -hmm. And finally, no one's afraid anymore. And yeah. everybody's coming for her. And I think it's time. It's time. The reckoning is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that what happened was her getting with Louie cheapened her. And Ooh. it created a chink in the armor. It showed her weakness because Louis is garbage and trash. Yeah. And now people feel like they can come for her. And honestly, that's I think that's Louis exposed her, made her vulnerable in a way that she had never been vulnerable before. 
Yeah, he's like her Brooks from Vicky Gumbelson in New in Orange County days. Shawnee saying to do ourselves a favor and watch the uncensored version of part three of the Jersey <gasps> reunion on Peacock. Is that already out? Does that? Yeah, I thought it was just part two. Oh my god! Is it? It's already out. Oh my god! That's or, or it's gonna come. Oh, it's not out oh, yet. Okay. Oh, I will. So for do sure. so. Yeah. Thank okay. you for the tip. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I want an uncensored version. I want my whole life uncensored. <laughs> Your whole life is uncensored, my love. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. You're just a, a bold pair of legs. A bold pair of legs. Should mm -hmm. we take some calls? Should we? Yeah. Does anybody want to? Anybody, wants anybody wants to, to chat with us? I don't know. You want to have any questions? have questions? Love letters. Um. Yeah. If you're nervous about like unmuting yourself, you can type a question into the chat and we'll read your question and we can answer it. Yeah, but you, or if you don't know how to do it, but you're like, I would, I would if I knew how to, um, just put that in the chat and I think I can get you in here on my end. Um, but of course, no pressure. We can just continue to talk. <laughs> we can answer each other's questions. I can pull cards for you and you can pull cards for me. Oh, wow. if that's exciting for anyone. We can pull <laughs> cards for Teresa. Um, <laughs> How are you pulling no cards for uh, Teresa? Well, you know, if she paid your rate. What about that psychic who uh, Jennifer Aiden oh brought on the show God. who actually wasn't even a professional psychic? She was actually like a professional nurse who was actually Teresa's father's nurse yeah. and then just like came on <laughs> to read some tea leaves. Which means she's been watching the show for years for years <laughs> and She's they like, were like hi ladies nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you it's like girl you follow them all on instagram yeah or at least i'm sure you do um i know so ridiculous so ridiculous um but was a very funny mini revelation i would say <laughs> um well what are you oh Oh, Conrad uh, saying, you know, the, wanting to acknowledge uh, the very special departed Noche today mm. and asking how we're doing. Thank you, Conrad. That's so sweet. I was uh, giving a healing yesterday. I've been doing some more like in-person healing work, which has been really fulfilling because I'm doing this, uh, this like rather long and intensive three-year training program with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. So there's lots of things I'm wanting to practice and just kind of stay in the river of it. And last week I gave a healing and the person I was giving a healing to said afterwards that they really felt the presence of my mom and that my mom like really came through and they'd never actually met my mom when she was alive, but they, they were so moved to have met my mom in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that was really, was really meaningful to me. And then yeah. yesterday, my friend uh, who was receiving a healing from me afterwards mentioned that she felt noche in the room when I was giving the healing. And I just thought that was so interesting. And I'm not surprised because noche was such a big part of all of my healing work. I mean, he was mm -hmm. always in the room. He was always holding the space. And there is like this beautiful... Um, hand-drawn portrait of him that one of our students did for us that's in the spirit room so his presence is definitely there uh but I, you know it's funny i think angel you feel his presence more than i do yeah i mean i think it's like um 
I've had just experiences in the house where I will feel him. I will like talk to him. Um, like I had an interesting experience um, last week when I, I don't think I mentioned this on the show. If I did, I apologize. No, I don't uh, think you did. But uh, I was cleaning uh, in the house and um, was cleaning in our guest room where I'm sitting right now, actually. And um, I just like missed him while I was making a bed because he used to always love to jump on the bed while I was making it and like lay down, you know, on where the sh- on the sheets or where the pillows needed to go, you know, and just like stare at you like what? Um, and it was always just like a fun game we would play. And, um, and I just started talking to him like he was there and like throwing the pillows around and the sheets as if he were there and like he was jumping around and obviously it like made me tear up and just like miss him, you know, like to have had this little pup in our lives for, a, you know, a dozen years or so, like just... Um, yeah, it really ingrains them in your in your space, in your heart, in your life. And um, so I was doing that. I finished making the bed and I thanked him for like playing with me. And then I grabbed the Swiffer and put it under the bed and was like Swiffing and pulled out one of his old toys. And I swear, like when we kind of did a real like cleanse of the space, because we needed to do that for ourselves of just like removing a lot of his toys and beds and all of that stuff. We did that pretty soon after he passed. Um, I felt like I was so thorough in the rooms where he normally lived and the guest room was one of them. Um, So I was just like shocked when I like pulled this toy out from under the bed. I couldn't believe that it had been What was the toy? Um, it was like a little holiday bear that I think my, I think I, either my mom or my sister Lisa gave him because they always got, um, he always got little like Christmas gifts and he had a little bed right here next to the, to the guest room bed and when some of his toys lived on that because um, he would sleep there sometimes. So it was one of those and it just like, obviously like broke me down into greater tears <laughs> like fully lost it um but you know then i saw it as confirmation that like he had been in the room with me you know as i was talking to him and it just like helped me feel closer to him too um but sad you know it's a sad sitch what about um the necklace that I found? Was it two nights ago? Yes. That was wild. Yeah, it was a necklace of his. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, we are the spiritual gaze, and Noche had a carnelian necklace. <laughs> well, okay, but let's give some context here. Okay, people with Conrad's laughing. He had four necklaces. Is the context you want to offer? That my mom mom (laughs) made him because my mom had this line of jewelry called pet gems. 
and we mm. actually have a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know if people want a carnelian necklace for their dog. Reach out to us. So <sighs> my mom had created this line with like you know real like with real crystal beads like rose quartz, fluorite. I mean, they're very high end. I have one myself. I had. Well, I... then she made <laughs> she made matching necklaces for humans. Yeah. That are like a larger size. Um, that I have given a lot away to to my friends and things after my mom passed because I wanted them to have a to have a piece yes, of her. Here's your pet gem necklace. But the one that Noche wore the most was this faceted carnelian. It's essentially like a collar, but yeah, it's a necklace. Yeah. And we. But then it kind of vanished. For it a while. vanished for a really long time, and like even for like the last year or two with Noche, we were always trying to find it, and we never could. And we were like, "Where did it go?" Mm -hmm. And then. We just recently got some new custom closets built because we are adults that want to be organized. <laughs> and so when we were like cleaning out our closets to prepare, and then we were like loading back in all the stuff, there was this box and this box had like a bow tie and a cummerbund that my grandparents got for me. That's like made with like feathers. It's like a very, it's, I never wear it, but it's a beautiful little box. And I opened the box just to kind of like remind myself what was in there and sitting on top was that necklace. Uh, and I have no idea how it yeah, got there. Like no it makes clue. no sense. Yeah. Why the hell would we put it up there? Never. So very, very crazy. It was very, very crazy. Um, what I want to do is, I don't know if uh, Annie is still here, but Annie's wife, Raquel, is a jewelry maker. And what mm -hmm. I think we should do is we have these four necklaces that Noche wore, and I think we should restring them so that we're able to make probably like two oh, necklaces, maybe even three out of them, you know? Yeah. And then we can like wear Noche around our necks. Should I be love so that nice. idea. That's so sweet. I know, right? Mm-hmm. We might actually be able to make four if we use spacer beads, and then we could like give one to to special noche people, you know. Yeah, I love that. Um, oh, that's a really great idea. I'm so curious, though. You know, please let us know in the chat if you think uh, jeweled uh, necklaces for your pets is going too far, or if it's just right. I no one's going like, to say a poll. No one is going to say it's going too far. Nobody, nobody if... that's listening to this, to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Lisa's already put in an order for her cat sugar. Yeah, well, the thing is, is they, there you have because it. my mom was an amazing jewelry designer, but also she was a Reiki master. So she was very connected to the healing power of gemstones oh, and yeah. that every gemstone has its own type of medicine to share. The collars that we would put on Noche was like depending on like what we felt like he needed because he suffered from anxiety, you know, like he was mm -hmm. like kind of high strung sometimes. So I think it's kind of a brilliant idea because you're able to like naturally medicate your animal based on what they might need. Like if you have a really lethargic animal, then you might choose, you know, like a bloodstone or right, right. If you he have... also loved them. Yeah, my favorite oh. thing was taking his necklace when I would take the necklace off of him at night because he wouldn't sleep yeah. in it because they, you know, they were like kind of maybe a little yeah, heavy, so bulky. But I would take it off him at night and I'd be like, "Okay, honey, like you know, say thank you to your crystal," and he would lick it. He, he would, would lick always them lick it every time, like lovingly, like lick at them, like like little thank you licks. So sweet. All right. All right, maybe we should. Oh, Rocky needs two. All right, we're going to work it out. Yeah. Um, we can just put um, them up on in the spirit shop. <laughs> sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, 
Thank you, Conrad, for inspiring that little Noche tribute. Um, we do miss him, and it's nice to know that. It's just nice to know that there are people in the world, even in South Africa, who are aware of Noche. I know he lives on. Yeah, his world. He, you know, he's expanded throughout the world, which just brings a smile to my. If anything, the five years of the spiritual gaze have been worth it just to promote the legacy of noche. noche i know <laughs> a true icon legend i really hope my noche tattoo happens when we go to mexico city mm, it will you're gonna get it oh marissa your noche forever noche thanks forever. love all right does anyone now we're you know we're back at it if anyone has any questions you know wants us to pull a card you don't have to join us by voice live if you don't want to but you can you can also just type any question in the chat nobody wants it people just want us pull. to talk about pet necklaces <laughs> hey jessica cabot thank you jessica we love you adore you <laughs> what have been some of our favorite and or unexpected spiritual gaze moments in the past five years what a great question thank you um what comes to mind for you anything I mean, I loved the spiritual gaze meetup that happened in what was that park where we did it? Like, uh, like just outside of downtown LA. Yeah, it was like the Grand State, Historic, the historic park State Park. park. Yeah, yeah. I where love Mariah that. Carey will be performing this tonight. Evening. I know. Yeah, that was a great moment. Um, just to like get to meet so many people in person that we've been spending so much time with. Mm -hmm. I know that was really fun. I think some of my favorite unexpected moments, and it's only happened like two or three times and Angel gets so upset every time it happens because it only ever happens to me and never to Angel, is when somebody will like recognize me as a spiritual gay <laughs> in real life. Like I was just in Sephora like two weekends ago and I was in line and there was this cute girl standing in front of me and she was like, I feel like I know you. And she was like trying to figure out how she knew me. And, and she was like, do you have like a popular Instagram? And I was like, no. And she was like, are you an actor? And I was like, not for a really long time. I was like, I'm not famous. I was like, I'm just like a normal person. But then finally I was like, do you follow the spiritual gaze? And she was like, yes, that's what it is. You come on my Instagram every week. And I was like, oh my gosh. She was like, you're amazing. I was like, thank you. And then when the host from the Agnes Cheesery in Pasadena recognized us from the spiritual gaze, but you weren't there either. You were you were in the bathroom. <laughs> Both times me. I had walked away. Yeah, I know when it happened. I feel like it happened a third time. So that's too. always fun. I mean, it's, what's that what's fun is through. just like you know, like we literally record this podcast in a room in our house, and it just like goes out into the void. So when I meet like a real person who actually like receives it, I'm always like, oh my god, like this is a real thing that we actually are doing. Totally, I know. Um, yeah, I'm still. I'm. It will happen someday. I know it will. It's probably good. <laughs> it's good for me. I'm not ready. Who knows? I become a monster if one person recognized me Maybe in are. person. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm famous. I'm a Kardashian. I'm an influencer now. Out of my way. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's probably the universe protecting me from my most terrible self. That's how I'll look at it, I guess. What are some of your favorite and or unexpected moments? um god that's a really it is a really great question um unexpected moments i mean i think just 
in general, for me, some of my favorite moments are just when people email us out of the blue to thank us for things that they've gotten from the podcast, like that kind of engagement. Um, so I guess, yeah, I am aching to be recognized because there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oops, there's that. Um, certainly, and I think we've maybe even mentioned this on like previous anniversary podcast, but like interviewing our moms together was oh, an incredibly yeah. special, special time. That was a very special day. I remember when we got to do that and my dad was here too. And, um, and that was just like so cool and nice that we were able to give them a platform. Oh know? my gosh. I mean, honestly, I'm just so glad that I have her voice, you know, that I can like totally. listen to that episode. Yeah. Like so, so wonderful. And people uh, commenting that being their favorite or a great show and, yeah, I, I really feel like that was one of the highlights of getting to to do this. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, just every spirit talk we have, like getting to like connect with people. Who we normally That's what I wouldn't. was going to say. Yeah. Like getting to have a conversation with Rachel Pollack and especially now that she has passed. Right. Like what an amazing, what an amazing gift that was. Yeah. Or yeah. that conversation we had with Johnny Moses recently, like so awesome. Yeah, we never would have even thought to reach out to these people if we didn't have a podcast, you know. No. So exactly, and um, let's just be even bolder this year and just reach out to people who we never thought we could get and get them. Yeah. Know? Oh um, yeah, Don Kilhefner, Conrad is oh, reminding us of. Yeah, my former therapist, Don. Yeah such an amazing man such an amazing man yeah it's nice when we get to talk to like queer elders you know and i would like to do more of that too uh, yeah uh burning question is brandana summer returning for a post hiatus emancipation <laughs> of mimi era anytime soon <sighs> wow how many times has this question come up for you in the last Month. I know a lot of people really want Brandonna Summer to return, potentially including the spirit of Brandonna Summer herself. I would say so. She keeps having people speak for her. If anyone is not familiar with Brandonna Summer, go to at Brandonna Summer on Instagram. Um, but if you know, you know, and you're grateful for her brilliance. Um, the truth is. Conrad's husband. When is her HBO doc? When is her HBO doc <laughs> happening? That would be amazing. Uh, her return should come in the form of like a mini doc. Yeah, totally. Could just uh, be done online. There are no immediate plans for Brandonna Summer to return. I am working creatively on like a really big musical project, um, a musical based on the tarot. And it's a very big, very unwieldy project, as you can imagine, that I've been kind of working on for the last couple of years. And I'm trying really hard to get it into into form um, in the immediate future. And so that is kind of taking up the bulk of of my creative uh, mm -hmm. muscles there. There's a part for Brandonna in the tarot musical if she wanted. it's it's not it's not built around that. Uh, so you say. No, I mean, the thing about my creativity is that 
you know, I've, I've been an actor for a really long time, but I've also been a playwright for a really long time. Yeah. And I didn't always write for myself. Sometimes I would just write what I felt needed to be written. And then, you know, Brandana was kind of this confluence of both my gifts as a performer and a playwright, but I've been feeling the need just to like return to the writing just alone and not like feeling like needing to put myself in it. Yeah. Um, but there's also like a world where Angel and I, we were even just talking about like maybe Brandonna just like does a concert and sings some of the songs from the tarot musical. And like, so she will just return. one of her old classics even. The people want she the classics. She will return. She will return. I just don't know when. And it's not, it's not top of mind. But again, in like the whole closet revamp thing, like we moved her wigs to a different place where I feel like they're less hidden and they're more honored. And I, I, I definitely feel her knocking, but you know, it'll happen. It'll yeah. happen. She's not banging on the door yet. She's just like whispering. I'm like, is it even, I'm like, <laughs> is that just like a branch, you know, like scraping across mm. or yeah. Oh no, honey. Yeah. She has no branch. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of energy. And I think like in my grief, I just like don't have the reserves required to like support, like you gotta yeah. be a strong container to, to channel the spirit of Brandana Summer. And I think my container would break at this moment to channel yeah. her. No, I think that's very fair. So I'll know when I'm strong enough to to house her properly. Well, I... she can't come in here looking ratchet like Candy Muse. Okay. You know what I mean? Now we said it. You can't just like smear blush over your face and pretend you're a beautiful human, you know? <laughs> also, is there enough makeup well-placed on Candy Muse to make people feel like she is a beautiful human? Because Ooh, when the inside is so sour. Okay. You know? Wow, here we have here we are. Sorry. <laughs> Candy Muse is a bully and I'm not a fan. She's a mean girl. She's got some healing to do. Ooh, Shawnee saying steal yourself for her win. She is not gonna win, Shawnee. If Buddha <laughs> wins and then Candy Muse wins, then I'm just like I'm done. I'm done with reality competition shows. You're tapping out. Well, at least American ones. I'll just like keep watching Drag Race Espana. Feels more yeah. pure. And Mexico soon to begin. Yes, Mexico, which I'm very excited about. I'm very excited for that. I can't wait. Um, I'm 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 hopeful that Valentina will will do a great job. We'll see. But yeah, Shawnee is right. RuPaul does seem obsessed with Candy. It's true, but she seems equally obsessed with Jimbo. So um, it'd be hard. But who knows? If it comes down to a lip sync, we all know we all know Jimbo. Jimbo. <laughs> Doesn't there? She dead weight. Not well, bitch. Not well. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, should I just pull a tarot card for the episode? Yeah. Okay. Let's do I it. That's nice. So if you can hear, that's the sound of the cards being shuffled. You can just take a moment and just drop into your heart. Connecting to the sound of the cards. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. And just asking for one card to help us move and flow with these new astrological energies that are approaching. Pluto's return into Capricorn. Mercury shift into Gemini. Until we meet again, what do we need to know? And it is the King of Swords. Mm. So the King of Swords is the power of our thought, the power of our voice, the power of our word, and it's impeccable. 
and the king of swords they face us head on and they're kind of like calm like they're holding the sword but they're relaxed in their power and there's something about the king of swords to me that's always about speaking the authentic truth of your life that each and every one of us we are an authority on our experiences and that it's important for us to stand in our power and to speak our truth especially those of us whose stories are undertold especially those of us that don't feel like we see ourselves represented our our voice is so important and so maybe that's part of the mercury in gemini which is very verbal and vocal and it's also part of that last degree of capricorn which is known as the anoretic degree it's a degree of mastery and so i think for all of us in conversations in the work that we do finding places to be an authority to speak what we know to write what we know uh, will be useful and it will heal all those that come into contact with those stories and those words and to challenge ourselves a little bit to find opportunities and places to maybe practice a little bit of public speaking or to you know push yourself a little bit to get the book written or to you know write that blog post just just speak the truth and if yeah. there's healing that needs to be done around your throat chakra around letting your voice come out into the world then that's something to really pay attention to because your voice is valuable and it's necessary and the only way to move through imposter syndrome is to prove yourself wrong, essentially, and just to, mm -hmm. just to start doing the thing. And eventually you'll realize that you are ready to do it. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Channel your inner Angela Bassett and do the thing. I've said this before, but I think the idea of readiness is a myth. Like you never will feel fully ready to do the big thing. You just have to do it. And then in hindsight, you will realize you were ready because you did it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So channel, channel your king of swords, everybody. It's beautiful. Um, I feel like Shawnee Mims might be trying to channel her king of swords and is calling in. Is that true? I believe so. Our resident housewives historian, Shawnee Mims. It does look that way on my end, and I'm going to try this, and we'll see if it actually works or not. Hello? Shawnee, are you there? Hi. Hi. Are you there? Hi, Am I caller. here? Am I there? Hello? You're here. You're everywhere. You're live with Hi. the spiritual gaze. It seemed like there were so many people ahead, and I was like but no one's, I don't know. I wasn't sure if it was happening. So I was like, well, let me just give it a try. Oh, well, I don't know if, I hope people weren't trying to call in. Yours was the only one that showed up in my little call-in box. So if people were trying oh. to call in and I didn't see it, forgive me. It was like, it says like number seven call in and there oh, are like all no. these other people. So I was like, oh, there's lots of people, but then it seemed like there weren't. So I just thought I'd give it a whirl on this uh -huh. pod bean or whatever we're calling, <laughs> whatever it's called. Exactly. Exactly. Well, look, it's all, but I couldn't have a, I couldn't have a call in show with no callers. And not a call in show with no callers. <laughs> How dreadful. How dreadful. How dreadful indeed. <laughs> well, thank you. And you have been a very, very integral part to the spiritual gaze. Beyond well, it's my favorite friend. Well, you're my favorite. 
Well, you're both my favorite, obviously. Um, of your, just as um, our housewives person, who is your current favorite? Um, I'm just going to pick one on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, since we're a few current, episodes in. Current cast? Yes, like of this season that we're in. Ugh. Who is your current favorite? Ugh. I know it's a tough um, question. I, I think I know why you're saying ugh. It's because I think I know who you're going to say and you really don't want to say her because you've really had like a long journey with her. I think I have to say... I think I have to say that it's Kenya. And I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I'm so pleased. <laughs> I hate that for me, but I... I, I love it for me. <laughs> But I have to, I think that's where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say Keonce is, is where it's at at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think Atlanta is, is on the struggle bus a little bit. I don't disagree. And, um, you know, Kenya is our only successful Aquarius housewife across any franchise. Who are the other Aquarius housewives? Denise Richards. Oh, okay. And that's it. Oh. Wow. Huh, that's interesting. Aquarians don't necessarily like a uh, a housewife opportunity, I guess. You know, Aquarius is usually the audience. It's not the performer. So maybe that's... Oh, the... that could make sense. Um, right. But we also yeah. don't have a lot of Leos either. But as you said before, it's because they don't want to share the spotlight and it's an That's ensemble right. show. That's right. Yep. Because yep. there is one, right? I forget who it is. It's someone not so great, though. It's Tinsley. As I said, someone not so great, though. <laughs> She's also like a very unusual Leo. Not unlike yourself, Shawnee Mims. <laughs> Exactly. Watch yourself. An unusual Leo. <laughs> would also make a great housewife, though. Yeah, that's true. You would make a great housewife. I don't. I would probably make a better housewife than Tinsley. You, I don't know. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't know if I would make a great housewife, but oh, yeah. there would you're, be lots of faces. That would be for sure. Your talking head, you know, confessionals <laughs> would be legendary. They would be legendary. And oh no, just like, the memes, just the yeah. memes of the faces you would make. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And I think your blow-ups when they can we get you on the on season two of the Real Housewives of New York? I mean, I would have to stay in New York. Well, it's never going to happen. So, <laughs> Beverly Hills, here she comes. My one great act of sorcery in my lifetime is getting Shawnee Mims to move back to Los Angeles. Well, you're working. You're on really it. trying. I know. Um, um, but it could happen. It could happen soon. It could happen soon. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. And I can't go on The Real Housewives in New York. It would be even sadder than Bethany in the beginning in that little tiny apartment, <laughs> remember? It's aspirational, and that's what people like. <laughs> they want just a, someone they can connect to and then watch them ascend. Yeah, totally. Okay. You know? So that's definitely hopefully, in your cards. Hopefully I won't go off the deep end like Bethany. <laughs> Uh, never and be trying makeup on the internet for Obviously, everybody never those ever. videos are so addicting let's let's not take ourselves there um, <laughs> um 
All right, Shawnee. Well, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. And I'm sure we're well, going to talk to you soon. <laughs> thank you for being you. And thank you for having this space for people because I know it means so much to so many people. And I know they all can't call in and say it, but I know just how much how much like joy and happiness and peace and calm that you bring to people. And I know if we could all thank you on a call-in show, we would. Oh, thank you, Shawnee. Thank you. Thank you. That's Love you sweet. both. Love you. Shawnee's like the gazer representative. She's like the voice of the people. <laughs> and I like it. Totally. Um, all right, I'm going to now see if, uh, here we go, Conrad is calling in here. He sent the invite. And Conrad, are you there? Hi, guys. Can you hear me? We yes, can. you're Hi, live Conrad. with the spiritual gaze. Oh, it feels like I'm calling Miss Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm waiting, Brandon, I'm waiting to hear you mimic my accent. I know you're working on the Australian. Oh, oh my gosh. Mine's South African. Mine's I know. South African <laughs> is very hard. It's oh, a, that, that was good. I don't know. Good. I feel like it, it just slips into Australian at the end of the day. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was going to say, and South Africans and Australians have a uh, an interesting time with each other because of of sports and cricket so does it bleed like if you hang out with australian people do you find you like end up taking on a little bit of their accent and vice versa for sure my husband actually um teaches an australian student uh, portuguese and it's also just quite funny is like when you hear it you spend a bit of time it's actually a friend of mine and you yeah like you can pick up a little bit of it It's, it's 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 very strange it's obviously if you spend enough time with people um I see it with my sister as well. She's married to an American. And you hear, you can always mm. hear that little bit of the accent coming through. It's quite, quite fascinating. Yeah, that is so interesting. One of my favorite things about my grandma is that she immediately picks up the accent of whoever she's talking to, <laughs> but like really poorly, which like, which is maybe offensive, but like that's not the spirit with which it's delivered. It's like kind of unconscious. Um, I think I she thinks who... like, sorry, yeah. Oh, no, I, was, I think she thinks, like, speaking with an accent is almost like a different language, so she, like, mimics it so, like, they will understand her better, but it never, like, <laughs> achieves that aim. It's very yeah, no, I um, I have a friend who, when she gets into a bit of a party mood, she always defaults back to her British accent. So she's from, from Yorkshire, which is a, a very, very thick accent, and I think she's lived in South Africa for 20 years, but then you hear this tremendously thick accent come on, and... It's, and I really never understand what she's saying. You just have to kind of nod along. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All good. All good. But I, I, I have I've... an interesting question for you guys. I yeah. It is like a Miss Cleo type question. All right. Oh, okay. We'll do our best. Weirdest, weirdest thing happened a few weekends ago. Um, so my husband and I, we've never, ever, ever had the same nightmare at the same time. So we, we you know, like normal, usual, good sleepers and all of that and um what what happened was we both jumped up at the same time in the middle of the night and i got up switched the light on and then we talked and we were like wait did you have the same experience we both had this tremendous sense of something being being in the room and then uh obviously like very very freaked out i'm a writer so like i wrote a poem about it immediately after because i was just a bit like uh just wanted to like get some of that out there but i was curious if you guys had some advice just generally in terms of like cleansing a space a bit and or 
you know, I think there's the usual like sage and, and all of that, but I just, yeah, I had a, a sense that, that, you know, we needed a bit more positive energy in the space. So it's a relatively new space as well. We've moved recently. So I was just curious mm-hmm. if you guys had ever had a very strange experience like that. And if you had some advice. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good for you to take, Bram. Okay. You, Cause you recently did like a really great space clearing in our home. That is correct. Uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about this. So the first thing I, I want to say is that dreams, the dreaming space is not as innately protected as we might think. Like when we dream, when we kind of travel, we are actually a little more exposed, which isn't to say that it's dangerous and there are ways to kind of protect your dreaming. But just in general, the dream space is not unlike going to a train station or an airport, you know, there's a lot of people doing their own things everywhere. And when you're asleep next to somebody, it's not unusual that you might pick up their dreaming or vice versa. Mm. That all having been said, what it sounds like happened to the two of you was not so much dreaming, but your kind of like sleep sensitivity picking up on a presence in the space. So, and especially because it's an, it's a newer space, it's not unusual that perhaps they're is just like energetic residue that's there or perhaps uh, a presence there. So um, when you are in possession of a body, which is all of us, like we have, we have these bodies, it's, it's our ability to exert free will. So we are in a lot of ways the most powerful beings and deceased spirits or what we might call ghosts are not actually that powerful. So we do have the power to exert our influence and to lovingly, because everything works best with love, invite them to go somewhere else. And there are a lot of ways that you can do this. Um, In terms of just like objects, um, yeah, you know, like certain types of smoke, sage smoke, frankincense, Palo Santo, these things do cleanse, but really it's just about intention. And so you don't need to like appropriate somebody else's culture. Obviously, like sage smoke is of the indigenous Americans or like the North Americans. Um, Palo Santo is the indigenous South Americans. Um, Frankincense is, you know, more like Middle Eastern. But it's really just like the intention of eliminating from your space anything that isn't aligned with love, with light, um, that isn't there to help. And you can use sound. I really like to use drumming or crystal singing bowls. Uh, But then to protect the sleep space, I have a piece of Aegerine, and that's spelled A-E-G-I-R-I-N-E. It's a big, chunky piece. uh, Mm -hmm. And I keep that right by my bed on my bedside table. And my intention for that crystal is to protect my dreaming so that when I am exposed at night sleeping, I'm not inviting something in, but it's also there to protect me in my physical space because my eyes are closed and I'm not able to look around and see what's going on. So that's something that you might look into. Black tourmaline would work as well. Um, Even like a Himalayan salt lamp. Again, the thing is, is just like setting the intention. But if you want to go a step further, and if you're feeling courageous enough to do this, what you, what you might do is just light a candle and get quiet. I would do this during the day, just so you like don't feel as spooked. And just see if you can connect with that spirit, with that presence, and just really nicely say like, hey, you don't live here anymore. And me and my husband live here now. And... I'm sorry for whatever has happened, and maybe this is confusing, but but you need to go somewhere else. You need to go essentially towards the light. 
And if you have a relationship with any sort of helping spirit or angelic presence or even like a luminous ancestor, you might call them and ask them to escort this being uh, somewhere else. This is essentially what's known as psychopomp work. And it's not uncommon that people who are unresolved in their life when they pass, they, they stick around. Sometimes they don't even know uh, that they're gone. And so it takes somebody living to kind of say like, hey, like, this isn't this isn't a space for you anymore. This is a space you've you've outgrown essentially, mm-hmm. and so you might you might try that. But it also mm-hmm. may not be a presence. It may not be a spirit. It might just again be like the the residue. Maybe like you know a couple used to live in that room before you, and they had a lot of really like knockdown drag out fights, and that energy is just kind of there. And so again, like doing any sort of clearing, open the windows, open the doors, just clear it out with your body, with your hands, with your voice, be creative, be foolish with it. The most important thing is that you mean it, that you are lovingly asking anything that is not connected to the light, anything that is not imbued with the power of love to leave and to go somewhere else where it might be recycled into energy that's valuable. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I think that um, it's so fascinating because it's really the first time that we even revisiting kind of the thought and the dream uh, both of us get like chills down our spine. So we, you know, it was like mm-hmm. that pure terror. And then what our first thing was kind of like, we've, we've inherited some objects, you know, from, from family members and loved ones and grandparents and whatever else over the years. And we put a few of them next to the bed. Mm. The irony is the next night I dreamt about my, my grandmother and we were having, <laughs> in the dream, we had a dinner together. And um, and she, she told a very, very, very funny, but very non-politically correct joke essentially in the dream and just kind of like reminding me a little bit like okay like you know live a little lighter but just remember like i haven't like i haven't left you like i'm here Mm. like you know so that was that was tremendously powerful and that was actually just so special and you realize like you know you yeah you've still got no matter like what you know what kind of comes comes your way there are still beings or whatever you want to call it like in, in your corner and it really resonates with what you just said so thank you a hundred percent and how beautiful <laughs> to be able to to engage with the people that you love after they're gone I just hear that that cackling laugh I mean, oh. fell off our chairs in the dream i think i almost fell off the bed oh my <laughs> gosh wow but just really really special and yeah it just reminded me that uh, you know i think Especially when you guys going through grief and all that, it's just uh, yeah, yeah, it's something something that I think can help. Yeah, well, I've had several dreams with my mom since she passed. I know that's like how she's communicating with me. She always told me that's how she was going to come, and I think maybe that's my gift is that I can connect in dreams, but I I can't really at this moment feel her presence in like real time. Um, but uh. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. The dead are not gone. Nothing no, nothing ever really dies. It just it just transforms. Hmm. Well, thank you so much, Conrad. Um, thank you for yes. calling in. And what a great question. <laughs> and yeah. just really want to. I mean, I know I echoed in in the in the chat, but just want to thank you guys again. And just um, you know, especially just reference kind of the the lockdown, the pandemic time, and all of that. Um, it was a time when when my husband and I were stuck in Argentina for 10 months away from family and loved ones. And the show was just always something that, that made us laugh and really made us uh, 
Bond and Connect and, and all of that. And oh, you guys do something really, really cool and really different. And I told a friend I was on a call with earlier, I was like, I gotta go because it's, <laughs> it's a thing. And she was like, can I listen to the spiritual gaze? Or it's only for gay people. And I was like, you can come be a hack. Come, come, join, join, join the party. So we just, yeah, I just wanted to say that like, a lot of what you do is is spreading out there into corners you may not think of and just wanted to like pass on really all our love from this side and just keep doing what you're doing thank it's, you it's oh thank you that's so sweet thank well and we'll so make it much. to south africa one of these days it was actually one of our considerations for our honeymoon really yeah. you should come i live very close to cape town so you should come visit and we'll give you a proper tour we <laughs> hear that the wine is amazing and then also is it is it table <laughs> Table, what's the, the, table the big mountain. rock? Table Mountain. Yeah. Yes. Very, very visit. flat mountain, and there's cable cars that go up and down. So you can do a whole wow. um, whole scenic tour. Whole scenic Amazing. tour. It'd be great to see you guys in South Africa. Please come visit at some point. All right. I love thank it. you very much, well, guys. Thank you, Conrad. Thank you so love. much, Conrad. We appreciate cool, you. Bye bye. All right. Bye. And I just want to shout out for people that are listening and they're like, Adrienne, how do I get some of that? Because I have to say, as far as like crystals that do like protection, this is the best one. And it's rare, but it's not expensive. And so it's spelled A-E-G-I-R-I-N-E. And I have gotten all of mine off Etsy from a shop that's called San Juan Mountain Rocks. And that's spelled San Juan, S-A-N-J-U-A-N, Mountain, M-T-N, rocks and you can get a good piece for like 20 bucks mm -hmm. and so i just want to make that available to people who are like oh yeah that might be a nice thing to have love it um all right well thank you for joining us today um and just for joining us over any time over the last five years, we Whatever. really appreciate it. Yeah. And those of you who couldn't join us live, you know, we kind of did this really quickly and just kind of threw it together uh, more so just as like a way to see if this um, was a potential platform for us to use to engage with people directly. And I think it um, is. Yeah. And we really enjoyed doing it and we hope you did too. And if you are listening to this after the fact, you're like, oh, I wish I'd known um just know that i'm sure we will definitely do this again at some point during this fun playful leo venus and leo summer yeah maybe during the venus retrograde totally we'll I revisit like the Podbean live yeah we will definitely do it um uh, unless we find a even better um platform for it uh no shade to Podbean. um but uh Again, yeah, thank you all so much. If you're ever looking um, for The Spiritual Gaze, you can find out everything about us at thespiritualgaze.com. We just updated our monthly webinars. Um, so you can join us for an astral club or a breath work or a uh, spirit world circle at the end of this month, but we do them every month. Um, thank you for the lovely anniversary wishes. We'll also be celebrating our anniversary still on our next episode too. It's all month long. Um, uh, and we'll interestingly be doing our walk through the seventh house, uh, on our next podcast, which seems really, um, apropos given we are a, a couple. And I think our relationship is a seventh house son. Our marriage is a seventh house son. Is it? I believe so, but I could be wrong. 
chart. I can look it up. <laughs> I might while be I, wrong. While I look it up, I just want to shout out the fact that we also have a newsletter that some of you may not be aware of. We send it out twice a month. And the newsletter isn't just a way to like keep abreast of our offerings, but it's also always got like some good juicy tidbits about astrology. Angel writes these like really beautiful horoscopes that come out monthly with the newsletter. And it's super easy to sign up for. Just go to our website, thespiritualgaze.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom. And there's a link where you can just put yourself on the newsletter mailing list. Yes, please do so. Uh, we are a sixth house. Our wedding put our son in the sixth house. Wow. So we work. <laughs> this we relationship work. is a working relationship. She very much is. Well, hopefully she's progressing into the seventh house soon. That's true. She probably she probably is, actually, because hey. she's right at the end of that sixth house. Time to just focus on the love. Yeah. But our moon's in the third house. That's beautiful. Which is why we talk about our feelings. I know, exactly. Good grief. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for being here. Until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual gaze. Boom.